It's time for JT the Brick. I'm working for free today. Get the blank out of here. The tackles that are coming into this program have now got to be, One of them's got to pop like Daryl Russell. One of them's got to pop. Who's it going to be? How long have we been waiting for a young defensive tackle to come in here since Daryl Russell and go, I got this. Don't take me off the field. I'm a beast. JT the Brick. I'm on a roll. I want an elite superstar, 25-year-old linebacker who's going to play five years in a row. You're going to pay him a new contract, and he's just great. This place hasn't done that well, and now Dave Ziegler probably could do a much better job at that position, I would believe, because the Patriots had a lot of good linebackers. Play that rant again. I'll get the hell out of here. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you on a very busy day today. Welcome to Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. and on that Raiders streaming mobile app. As we're brought to you by PTs, they have 64 tavern locations here in town. Some Patriot media told me that they've hit one of the PTs not too far from the facility. PTs fuels the monologue 5 to 7, midnight to 2. Always voted best happy hour in town. Thanks to PTs for getting me going every day. As camp has come to an end, the Raiders will play a game against New England coming up here on Friday during Alumni Weekend, which is a monster And then the Raiders will have plenty of time to prepare for the Chargers coming up. The Chargers will be the home opener for the Raiders on the road in L.A. Because we know how many fans are going to show up for that game. So here we go. It was a long camp for those writers and beat writers who went to every practice every day. And we're going to have them on the show. Uh, What a great camp for coverage that we've had here on Raider Nation Radio. Our entire lineup, especially shows being broadcast live inside the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. And just the great chemistry with the team. So camp's coming to an end today. And today is your Raiders' final exam. So what we're going to do is we're going to put a bow on camp. And we want to hear from Raider fans today. Because I have a couple of windows that I want to hear from you on. want to hear from you big on this. On what are you most excited about. And what are you most concerned about as camp comes to an end. There's a lot of minutiae in camp. Man, there's a lot of radio segments that go up in flames and never come back again because we end up talking about guys who don't make the team. I try to avoid that, but it's part of the business. So they're going to cut this roster down from 80 to 53. We have a general understanding of who 50 or 51 of them are going to be. And then maybe another surprise there is Demarcus Robinson didn't make the team. Nick Mullins didn't make the team. Kenyon Drake didn't make the team. A light on injuries. There weren't any great players, catastrophic injuries. Uh, Don't get enough of Darren Waller, in my opinion. No one seems to be concerned about that. I'm not concerned about it because my bosses, the coaches, and everybody I'm looking at who covers the team doesn't seem to be really concerned about it because there's so much time before that Charger game. So there's been a lot of players who didn't play much in training camp. They didn't come to practice every day, but reportedly were working behind the scenes. If they had an ailment, if they were working through an injury, and they're supposed to be ready as the cutdowns are made. I think this was a really good camp because Josh McDaniels put in a system, and his system comes off John Gruden's system. So you have one of the sharpest minds ever in NFL history in Josh McDaniels, and I put Gruden on that short list. You know, Gruden's history is an offensive mind, dating back to working with his dad, who was a coach at Notre Dame, uh, Bill Walsh, Bill Walsh, Al Davis, John Gruden got hired by Al Davis, and then the work with Mike Holmgren and Brett Favre, and then you got Josh McDaniels with Derek Carr. There has been an overload 
over the last couple of years on how to run an offense. So the offense that Josh McDaniels has put in destroyed the New England Patriots over two days. Everybody on the New England side is saying that, along with the beat writers who are covering this team and are tweeting out what's happening with Devontae, just, uh, just, just, again, destroying is the proper word. New England came here for two days of joint practices and they couldn't guard Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro, who had a big day, and some of the other players that are out there and the way this offense is clicking. So, again, it's not a game. It's not live action with tackling to the ground. But overall, the Raiders' offense looks to be what is supposed to be marketed as one of the best in football. Now they just got to figure out what they're going to do at right tackle. And what are they going to do? Do you really want to put out Jermaine Illuminor week one against Nick Bosa? I don't. But maybe he's prepared to do it. I'm not the offensive line coach. If they can't get another player to do it who has a better track record than some of the guys that are there. The offensive line has players who don't have much experience, including Andre James. They have recent experience, but they don't have experience like Jim Otto playing center, right? They don't have experience like Gene Upshaw playing guard. So depending on what they go into the regular season with, Lester Cotton Sr., Andre James, the ability for Illuminor to start, or Alex Leatherwood on the inside, there isn't much experience there. Even Colton Miller hasn't been in this league a very long time, and he's the most experienced and best guy on the team. And God, does he look good when you see him. Again, how fit he is and how great he is. I've been telling you that a lot. i got a couple of things right this training camp. When I get it wrong, you remind me. But I believe this is year one of Colton Miller making the Pro Bowl for four or five years in a row, maybe more. This is it. Colton Miller right now is Pro Bowl eligible to be a real Pro Bowler. Not an alternate, not a guy who's going to be an alternate and come in because four other guys don't want to play. But for me, I'll go first, and then you could start dialing here. Please get involved with the show. I talk, you call in, I talk, I interview someone, you call in, you tweet at JT the Brick, and we got a two-hour show. So here's my review of camp. Number one, great chemistry between Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels. I got a chance to see that in Canton. When I was there, got a chance to see it in the building. And I think that the GM and the head coach are absolutely on the same page. Was the former GM and head coach on the same page? At times, I think they were. But the former coach had all the power. This is a well-oiled machine coming out of Patriots East all the way to Patriots West, which is now the Raiders. So the most important thing is the coach and the GM being together, being right, drafting, working their players, combinations of lineups, all of that. That seems to be really good. And everybody around the league understands that. When James Jones comes out from the NFL Network and Brian Baldinger and all the people that were here, uh, Steve Weish from NFL Network, they've all told me or pulled me aside, man, this thing is tight. So that's really good. Uh, We mentioned Devontae. I don't think they give an award. They don't for the preseason. But Devontae is the best player in the league at his position, and he proved it every day. Proved it every day. So on the offensive side, I'm not going to go player by player, but Devontae is an absolute rock star, superstar. It's incredible to watch him play close up, and he gets better every time you see him play. So that's really important. And Derek Carr had a pretty clean camp. You know, Derek Carr didn't play in the games, but he looked electric at practice, especially with the chemistry with Renfro, 
Matt Collins, what we're seeing with him getting the ball out quickly, and reportedly really understanding the offense. Derek talked about it yesterday, the communication and the clarity that he has with Jared Stidham and Josh McDaniel. So that's going really well. I want to go to Max Crosby, who's an absolute beast too. From talking to Max and seeing him and texting him, this guy is just focused. He is an animal in a cage that needs to be let out against Justin Herbert. He has not been able to be guarded every day by his own teammates. The, his own teammates here cannot guard him in one-on-ones. He just, they just can't. So he's ready to go. And Chandler Jones is obviously able to go. Uh, the rest of this, for me, comes down to you know your opinion, my opinion, the coaches on who's available. A lot of guys in the secondary. I think Jonathan Abram had a really good camp. Trayvon Mullen finally got out to the practice field, which is important. Trayvon Merrick speaking. Trayvon Merrick is a great young center fielder. Perryman, an all-pro at linebacker. And in the preseason, we've seen the linebackers make their plays in the preseason. Bauer most recently in Miami. But that happens every preseason. I remember everybody going crazy over Nicholas Morrow. And I'm like, give me a break. It's not Ray Lewis. This is a Micah Parsons. Okay. Micah Parsons, Ray Lewis, those are linebackers. Perryman played at a high level. The other Phil linebackers, including Divine Diablo, Malcolm Kunst as a hybrid off the edge, those guys got to develop. Those guys got to develop. They were not Dave Ziegler guys. They make the team. Someone's got to pop in linebacker. I wouldn't even be surprised if the Raiders got another linebacker on cut down day. And then finally, it comes to the offensive line. Well, these guys are under tremendous scrutiny from the media. I mean, they are. Uh, everybody on Raiders radio, everybody who covers the Raiders, everybody who's covering the Raiders nationally, all they seem to talk about is the offensive line. Is the offensive line coming along? Is the offensive line good enough? Can the offensive line get it done? Work in progress. We're not going to know. They haven't been great in the preseason, I'll tell you that. They haven't been great. They're giving up a lot of sacks. And the excuse that would be built in would be they're mixing and matching so many players at different positions to try to figure it out. So don't look at the preseason stats. It's like looking at spring training. You know, a guy in spring training comes through and he bats 400 in spring training. Then the first week of the season, he's 0 for 10. This Raider team is getting a lot of work in on the offensive line against really good defensive edge rushers. The defensive tackles were not available for most of camp. Jonathan Hankins, Bilal Nichols, the younger players are getting their run at the position. So for the offensive line, nothing is going to change until they bring in one more player, which I've been predicting, and then they get ready to go play Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. We're going to know everything about this offensive line at halftime in Los Angeles on September 11th. Hopefully they hold up. And we're going to see that in the first quarter of that game because of the scheme of leaving in a tight end and a running back to chip and block. If they feel more confident, they'll go four wide and they'll try to rip up the Chargers deep downfield. But will Derek have enough time against the Chargers to set his feet and go on a seven-step drop? Don't know. None of, nobody knows. Literally nobody knows. So that's going to be a work in progress. Special teams outstanding in regards to the kickers and Carlson and Cole. Special teams wasn't great in coverage. Uh, we've talked about that for three weeks. They're working on that. I think when you cut down a roster from 80 to 53, you tighten up your special teams, and the best players that you keep go to special teams like they have been, and they're ready to roll. 
And that's why I see it. Uh, those are the camp notes that I have as we open up today. And I think it was really good. Really good what I saw over the last couple of days. I wasn't at practice today, but in the building. And if I look at what I'm seeing with this team and talking to the coaches, uh, yesterday had a really good conversation with Rob Ryan, uh, talking about the linebackers that I just mentioned. Looking at everything that I'm seeing here, I, I feel really good about this camp. Better than the camp of last year, and the camp of last year went well. And the camp of last year, John Gruden was in the fourth year of the system. Rich Passaccia, the special teams coach. Gus Bradley having the defense ready, and they're all gone. They're all gone. And a new coaching staff was brought in with a new vision, and they seem to have their verbiage in there, and they, they're doing a really nice job. I mean, everybody's saying that. There's just the only skeptics left with the Raiders are talking right tackle, and they're in the middle of a love fest with Denver, and they're in the middle of a love fest with the Chargers, and they like Kansas City because you should like Kansas City. They're the best team in the division. They have been for a while. So that's what I have in the monologue. Let's hear from you, 702-365-9200. What do you want to see in this upcoming game, which is a big game against the Patriots? I think all the work got in today and yesterday. Uh, Belichick and Josh McDaniels are probably real happy about the way they were able to run that joint practice there wasn't fights the way the Patriots fought with Carolina. Uh, everybody was disciplined enough, no tackling to the ground, really efficient in the one-on-ones to get as much work in as possible. So with all that combined, a very productive week for the Raiders. And there's a couple of people also on top of this that think, well, man, who's going to play in this game on Friday night? I don't know who's going to play in the game on Friday night. Neither does Jason Horowitz, the play-by-play, or Lincoln Kennedy. But I'm going to assume that you still got to float these offensive linemen out there because they got to get in another game day of practice and warm-ups and playing in the game because there's no one else behind them. These are kind of guys that are going to play, and they're not going to play till September 11th. So you don't play Colt Miller, and then you play everybody else, and you know they play and the backups play, and then you make your cuts. But you got to field the team. The Patriots are going to have a game out there. They're going to play too. So we have to be able to see the players who are going to play in this game. And are there a lot of guys that are playing for their lives and jobs? I don't think so. I think there's four or five. Linebacker, offensive line depth, uh, defensive back depth. Other than that, we know who's playing. We know who the stars are on this team. So Raider fans, if you went to practice, you covered everything we're doing. You're talking about this. Everything that we're doing, we just want to get your opinion on what you think your grade was for camp. Okay, I hate to dumb it down, but, you know, it's still summertime radio, man, and it's not the vibe I have when I walk through the black hole. That's for damn sure, and we got a real game here. So I want to get the people that know this team the best, the great fans of the Raider Nation. This is it. Last day of training camp. What did you like? What are you a little bit concerned about, and what do you expect going forward with this last game? On a personal note, this alumni weekend – is that's what I was meeting with today and, and taking a look at what's going to happen this weekend. This is one of the greatest ventures in Raider history, again, with their alumni. I'm talking history. I'm not talking over the last two, four, five years, Vegas, Napa, and all this. I am almost in shock at what this organization and this owner does. I mean, I know what he does, so I'm not super surprised. I'm just amazed by the magnitude of this. So the amount of alumni that are coming to Vegas is incredible they're all involved they're all going to be at the game 
They're all going to be around Vegas from Thursday to Sunday, home of the Raiders now in Las Vegas, and they're all going to be engaged, uh, doing a lot of things with the owner and a lot of things with their brothers and teammates here. So the greatest Raiders to ever play, they're on the ground starting tomorrow, and they're coming here. So you should try to get a ticket to this game. You should try to get into your seat for this game from the torch lighting to the entertainment at halftime. And if you're a diehard Raider fan, I think you're going to be blown away. Again, this owner's commitment to this city and this organization, on top of the fact that the Aces are in the playoffs, and he's pretty busy with that, uh, but the alumni connection here is just incredible. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see a whole bunch of guys who are coming in. And, you know, you hope to see these guys another 10, 20 years, five years. You never know. So you embrace them and you, you treat them like the rock stars that they are. And no team in professional sports does this. Let me repeat. Let me repeat. Jerry Jones doesn't bring back 200 alumni in the preseason. Robert Kraft doesn't. Tom Benson doesn't. The Bidwell family doesn't. Nobody does it other than the Raiders. Why? Because they're the most valuable piece of this organization, the alumni. So that's what this weekend's going to be about. Really excited about that. Also, I want to mention Marcus Arroyo, who was kind enough to sit down and talk with me the other day. UNLV's got a home game. So for the UNLV fans in town, uh, let's encourage this team to get off to a quick start this year. They have an opportunity with Idaho State to win one, one they're supposed to win. Over the years here, some of the easy ones have been really hard. This can't be hard. Marcus has got the coaches and the team ready to go to flip the switch, and hopefully they'll be able to win. Again, the Aces on Sunday in the semifinals, that's a really big deal. And I want to mention here in the monologue, the Nevada Sports Hall of Fame, Nevada Boxing Sports Hall of Fame, is having their induction this weekend at Resorts World, proud partner of our show, Floyd Mayweather, and the list is insane. If you're a boxing fan, just get to Resorts World over the weekend, and you're going to see like 30 boxers walking around the lobby, autographs and all of that. So that's a big thing that we have in town this weekend. I mean, what goes on in this town, that's why we have Johnny Katz on, our entertainment reporter, because yeah, he's really good at telling us what's happening here over the weekend. So the show's ready to go with you, please. 702-365-9200. And the point of action today on your phone calls is now that camp is officially over before they play this game against New England, What's the one more box you want to check? Is it right tackle? Is it outside linebacker? Would you look at another corner? Because I think the wide receivers and the running backs are set, period. The quarterback set, and a lot of the other positions are set there. But there could be one more move that you think that Dave Ziegler is going to make, and I think the move is going to be he's going to get a right tackle, a swing tackle, or a right tackle from another team that loses his job due to competition or money. And the Raiders are going to find that player on another team. Remember, I told you before anybody they were going to get Yannick Ngakwe when he came. That was the player I knew they were keeping an eye on. We don't know the player that they're spotlighting here, but he will be coming available. And that player has to be quickly signed if the Raiders are going to do that. Because as Vinny Bonsignor told us yesterday, they don't seem to be too high on the free agent guys who are left. Also, for everybody who was talking about Indomic and Sue. And some of the other prices, a lot of prices are dropping here as these rosters go from 80 to 53. So Odell Beckham Jr., Indomitian Sue, a lot of teams are seeing if they could get a guy from another roster. And if they can't, or another team jumps them and gets that player, then those free agents come off the board. So there's a lot happening there. Yesterday, Kevin Durant 
finally gave up. He's not going to fight the Brooklyn Nets anymore. He's going to play with them. And there's some other breaking news in the NFL about injuries that I'll get to a little bit later on in the show. Uh, The Tom Brady story to the Raiders is still out there because a lot of these national shows are kind of slow, and they're making that out to be a big one. Uh, Derek Carr handled that question yesterday. We'll play some of that coming up here a little bit. I'm searching for a couple of uh, Patriot insiders who are supposed to also join us. Chris Myers from the NFL on Fox and Bill Williamson who's been covering the Raiders for about 25 years, as long as I had. He's scheduled to join us today, too. We're brought to you by Sam and Ash, our injury attorneys, personal injury attorneys. If you get into a car accident, call Sam and Ash because you deserve what's right. Sam and Ash, it's two for one, two of the best attorneys in town. You hear them all up and down our lineup. You see all their billboards all over town. It's 702-820-1234. Put their names in your phone. If you get in a wreck, if you get injured in an accident, you're a pedestrian, you get hurt, get safe, get to the side of the road, make sure you're safe, and then call Sam and Ash before anybody else, 702-820-1234. As camp wraps up, and it was a long one, because the Raiders had to open up before everybody to get out to Canton for Cliff Branch and that great induction. The Raiders haven't lost in the preseason. They're pretty healthy. They seem to be getting some guys coming back. So I think Raider Nation should be celebrating this milestone today. As the Patriots came to town, the Raiders beat them in two days of one-on-ones predominantly. I think the big story now is the Patriots are in a little bit of trouble nationally. And some of their beat writers aren't turning on them, but they're writing all these negative stories on how the offense can't get going. And the offense did not break out while it was here in Henderson. That's for sure. When we come back, let's hear from you, 702-365-9200. What's the one final move you want to see the Raiders make in regards to training camp as they close down and get ready for the Chargers? But first, the game against the New England Patriots coming up on Friday night. We've had Sunday. We've had Saturday. we got a Friday night game, Alumni Weekend, and I'm excited to be a part of it. Raider Nation Radio, JT, the show begins now. Get after it. You know, that's not my decision. You know, I don't make those decisions. But, uh, you know, it's, it's great. You know, these practices are like our games, you know, going one on, you know, ones versus ones. We're getting one on one work. We're getting twos on, uh, you know, two on twos. We're getting live team reps, stuff like that. So um, this is our real game reps. And, um, you know, it's just fun going out there and, and competing against somebody else. And, you know, it gets, you know, everybody starts getting a little heated. It's hot out here. You know, we're going after it, but um, we're getting better. So that's all you can ask for. Yeah, Max Crosby. You know, it's tough for everybody to see the trenches, especially the media. It's almost impossible. It literally is almost impossible until you get a chance to see the film or you get an opportunity because the, the players are just too far away. What's happening, and again, it's no knock on anybody. It's just the way these practices are run. The media is in one spot, and the teams could be on the other side of the field, and you'll see a ball launch. You'll see a ball go up in the air, and then Devontae catch it. And then you see Devontae make this big play, and it's pretty easy to see that Devontae won that route and won that play, but you can't see everything inside and inside the trenches here. So you got to count on you know, what the coaches are going to tell you. They don't tell you much. And you know, just hopefully, hopefully the players are a little bit honest, and, and Max 
Max is really unique to me at this point because he's such a young player. Max hasn't been to a lot of training camps. He hasn't done a lot of joint practices. He just hasn't been in the league long, and he's dominating now. And Max needs more work outside this group because he's superior to the offensive lineman that he's working out with. So when that happens, you want to see Max go up against the Patriots. And this doesn't look like a Patriots Super Bowl team. So Max is going to go up against some real competition. Max and Chandler Jones are such a huge piece this year. It's so magnitude to me because it's going to protect the back end. Trayvon Merrick and Trayvon Mullen and Jonathan Abram and what we're going to see with Rock Yassin, if their pass rush can be as dominant and they're going to be double teamed, it's only going to help out the secondary. Only going to help out the secondary. And then we're going to have to really see some great play from the interior defensive linemen. Grant Irons is kind enough to join us heading into Alumni Weekend, former defensive end linebacker for the Silver and Black and the Buffalo Bills in Notre Dame. Grant, good to talk to you. Can't wait to see you this weekend. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great, JT. How you doing? I could not be better. You know, there were two-a-days joint practices with the Patriots yeah. here. And what, what's it like when you were playing in the dog days of training camp where you could see the calendar? <laughs> it's coming to an end. There's one more game yeah. before you play the regular season. What was that like for you? Uh, it, it, man, it, was, it was a grind, you know, training camp. But it was a great experience. I mean, we, the last part of training camp, you know, you're coming together, building those, those bonds uh, with your teammates. And just, man, building that momentum going into the season. You just You couldn't wait to go and play somebody else and just take somebody else's head off. So it, it was a great time. Uh, what do you remember about that, too, with the Raiders' offensive line when you played, when it started to get chippy, and you didn't yeah. have those joint practices, and you're going up against the same guys every day? These are your teammates, but it's right. getting physical, and it's getting chippy near the end of camp. Any memories of that? Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of, you know, you know, playing defense and defensive end, defensive tackle. I mean, it was very physical. And very, you know, playing in the trenches is just, you know, you always – each and every day, it was a battle. And each and every day, you know, you just you had goals going into that day and going to that practice that you want to accomplish. And it was just, I mean, it was a fun competition, fun period, and uh, I just a great bonding uh, with our teammates. Yeah, I'm excited because this team, Scott, I just said you, when you were on hold, you heard me mention Max Crosby and yes. Chandler Jones on top of that and the Very ability exciting. that they have to have a breakout year this year. Are you sensing that? Because as you know, Grant, you're watching the team. That offense with Devontae Adams is absolutely loaded. Oh, totally agree with you. Totally agree with you, JT. I mean, I think they're doing a great job, you know, really executing the offense on both sides, really ex- executing the offense. Um, and the defense, and I'm just very excited for this year because, I mean, I think we have the right place, right pieces and right players in place uh, to accomplish our goals, so it's going to be very exciting. Uh, what do you think, you know, there's a coaching change with Josh McDaniels when you, when you realize there's a lot of Patriot coaches coming over and all yes. of his years with Belichick and Brady. What were you optimistic yes. about with what can happen with this offense going forward? Uh, that's a great question. I'm very optimistic about it. I mean, just them – you know, they come, they're coming from a winning tradition. I think that's only going to help us. Um, it's going to add to our winning tradition uh, with the Raiders. And I think that, you know, I think you know, it's going to be a great year. I mean, I think that uh, the team, the coaches, uh, we have the right coaches in place. And I think combine that with the right uh, players and the key additions, I mean, it's going to be a very exciting year. 
Grant Irons is our guest, former Raider. You'll be in town for Alumni Weekend. Your dad, yes. Gerald Irons, was such a great player. And Thank being you. on the field and being there and knowing the immaculate reception and all the great <laughs> games, the tough games, the heartbreaking losses, but the big games that your dad was about. What was that, yeah. if you could share to our newer audience, what it was like growing up in that atmosphere with your dad being a part of one of the greatest Raider rosters of all time? Oh, thanks, JT. Uh, it was a dream come true. I mean, you got to understand, you know, a lot of my a lot of my dad's teammates that he played with, you know, Willie Brown, uh, Frank, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Belenikoff, right, you know, and, and, and Art Shell, they ended up being my coaches when I played with the Raiders. So mm-hmm. it was just, you know, it was a full circle moment. And to really, you got to understand, a lot of my, you know, bedtime stories growing up were, you know, of the Macklet reception or of, of just all-time players, great, of, you know, a lot of things, the comeback stories and, uh, you know, Raymond Chester. I mean, just, it was such a, a, a great, you know, Raiders, is, is so, it means so much to myself and to my family to come back this weekend. That's why I'm very appreciative, you know, to the alumni and marketing in a relations department for really always reaching back to former players. And from the former yeah. players' perspective, we greatly appreciate that. You know, it's interesting. I, I bumped into Howie Long Jr., who works for the team yeah. yesterday, and we were talking about Matt Millen. And yeah. the, you know, I was, it was saying, I was, how tight was your dad, Howie Sr., with Matt? And he went on this really beautiful conversation with me about how they were best mm-hmm. friends and when Matt was almost dying and waiting on his heart and how yeah. he was there so, things that a lot of Raider fans know what was it like for your dad who were his greatest friends that became part of his life and those great alumni that you were able to grow up with and seeing before you became a football player oh man that's a great another great question JT I mean there's so many I could I mean I mean Willie Brown I mean Willie yeah. you know we, we you know we have Raymond Chester Raymond I mean, Chester I mean, so, I mean, you just—I can go down the line. I mean, basically, you know, there's so many Raider greats that, you know, my dad. You got to think his rookie year, you know, his roommate, you know, they, they were they, they were they used to do training out in L.A. for, um, you know, getting ready for the season, and it was just so many, you know, you hear so many different memories of them training um, and getting ready for the season, and it's just oh, it's just, it's amazing to hear all that, and then now to come back and to see a lot of his teammates. That are actually, you know, working in in the front office, and and it's just it's a, it's great to see all that. So you're coming in for this. I think you heard about how many people are coming. It's pretty incredible, right? When yes. you sit there as a former player, you got a legacy brick. You're going to be at yes. a Legion Stadium. There's a whole bunch of protocol going on there. You're staying at a yes. Las Vegas Strip hotel. I mean, for a guy like yes. you, what's what's happening in your life right now? What are you leaving <laughs> back home to come to this Vegas party with? Oh, you know, JT, I mean, there's so many things I'm involved in right now. I mean, I, I graduated University of Notre Dame. Um, you know, I, after I played, I retired. I was young, healthy. I transitioned to my second career in the medical uh, medical field. So I actually own a couple of medical device companies um, in partnership with my brother, Jared Irons. And then we also, um, so we actually are executive partners with the Pro Football Hall of Fame, uh, Hall, specifically Hall of Fame uh, Health and, and Hall of Fame Behavioral Health. So we actually help. Uh, we actually partner and help a lot of different organizations across the country when it comes to mental health, behavioral health, and really, um, really trying to help um, military veterans, um, former professional athletes, and just fans of the game. So anything mm-hmm. we try to do, um, we're always going to try to hit, give back and really help others along the way. 
No, Grant, that's cool you said that. I was just at the Hall of Fame for Cliff Branch. You know how big that yeah. was. And uh, that campus, the way they're building it out and what they're doing there, yeah. isn't that yeah. in- crazy what that's going to look like in, oh, the next th- in the next three or four years? And I'm sure that you're going to have a big part of that footprint there as you're helping out a lot of people. Yes, very, I'm looking forward to it. Believe it or not, I just flew back. I was in Denver, Colorado. Um, we actually had an event, a fundraiser event. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, a lot of the Denver Broncos, a lot of um, the Hall of Famers, um, they were in attendance. And so, like Mark Solaris, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was, it was a lot of, lot of Hall of Famers there, like big-time players. And it was all for a great cause, you know, really bringing awareness uh, for that mental health, mental uh, fitness, and uh, both for – you know, professional athlete, former professional athlete, and military veterans. Awesome, Grant. I look forward to seeing you, man. I'll see you on the field. I'll see you at all the events coming up this weekend. Really looking forward to connecting again. Hey, I'm looking forward to it as well, JT. One thing I wanted to say with you, JT, hey, I commend you on a lot of great work that you do. You actually wrote a book called The Handoff, and very powerful. You did, I think you wrote about me nine, ten years ago, about your mentor and best friend, Andrew Ash. So I just want to commend you on that. And uh, I look wow. forward to seeing you this weekend. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. I'll see you then. Thank you. Wow, that's nice. Appreciate that. Thank you for mentioning my book, The Handoff. And he read it, and uh, that means a lot to me. Really means a lot to me. The book I wrote about my mentor, Andrew Ashwood, as I was his chemo partner when he was fighting the biggest battle of his life. Thanks so much. That means a lot to me. That's Grant Irons, a former defensive end, outside backer for the Raiders, and really excited to be here. Everybody's coming back. Remember Mark Davis. Everybody who played for this team is an alumni. They're all invited. It's incredible. Not only the gold jackets, not only the legends who played in the greatest games, the guys who played in any era. This is their family. This is their team. And we're going to have a great time with them coming up here. And his dad was a hell of a player, too. And when he mentioned Raymond Chester, that was the name I was getting. I was looking forward to him saying because I remember how tight Raymond was with Gerald Irons there and the history of them playing in some of the biggest games out there. 702-365-9200. Greg Bedard, kind enough to join us, one of the great NFL insiders anywhere covering the Patriots. And, Greg, your perspective, you've been, you've been getting a lot of follows here and a lot of people talking about your vision of the Patriots' practices against the Raiders and how they struggled at times. What did you take away from the joint practices? Well, I thought um – Yesterday, I thought the Patriots were uh, terrible offensively for about 75% of practice, but uh, they closed with a really good uh, two-minute period, um, both the offense and the defense, yesterday. And then today, the Patriots got off to a little bit of a slow start, but this was, by the end, this was one of their best offensive practices of training camp to me. They were very efficient. They had uh, they had two two two-minute sort of situational drives towards the end where they were very successful, scored three touchdowns um, on the two drives. And so today, even Mac Jones today talking to us, he said it was definitely better today. And so I, I think uh, in off of this, you know, we'll have to see. Uh, Greg Bedard's our guest. So, Greg, the philosophy of the offense now, and you've wrote about it and we talked about it in the past without Josh McDaniels there, do you feel that Bill Belichick is getting more comfortable in whatever system he's going to use when this offense takes off and starts off the regular season? Uh, I don't know if I would use the word comfort with anything with them offensively right now. I think um, I think their Bill has used the word process a lot, and I think – 
all of it's a process. Like, you know, how, what kind of approach are they going to take? You know, how are they going to run the ball? Who's going to game plan? Who's going to call the plays? Um, I think that's, that's all still to be determined. I mean, I don't know how much we'll glean Friday night with the game against the Raiders, but they have about two weeks until the season opener. So, you know, now they go behind closed doors. Today's the last time we see them practice uh, fully for the rest of the year. And so, you know, now now is really they need to figure it out and they need to start planning for the season opener against the Dolphins. With all your experience, Greg, uh, covering the sport, what did you think about two teams playing each other, not only in a regular season game, but the only primetime game the Raiders have in Las Vegas, which I think is a slap in the face to the Raiders in Allegiant Stadium, considering what they've done on primetime. That's a big game. Did you, th- did you think that Josh McDaniels showed more than what you expected, or conversely the Patriots showing the Raiders? Uh, that's a good question. I didn't, uh, you know, the Patriots sort of did what they do. I mean, there aren't a lot of secrets between these two teams, um, so I think that's why... It's a little bit more comfortable. I mean, you know, we know about Josh McDaniels and, and, you know, the Patriots offense, but also, you know, Patrick Graham, the Raiders defensive coordinator, was with the Patriots, runs the Patriots scheme. And, you know, really the way, JT, the way these football coaches think about it, I mean, that's a game in December, if I'm, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Yeah. Um, you know, these coaches look in four-game increments, and so by the time December rolls around and personnel and injuries and things like that and just, you know, progress over the course of the season, they're going to be two vastly different teams by the time they get to December. Greg, who are the stars on the Patriots that you think are coming? Because we're trying to figure that out. The Raiders have a bunch of stars, as you saw, Chandler Jones, Max Crosby, Devontae, who I'll get to. Who are the emerging stars uh, that are coming up for New England that we can keep an eye on? Yeah, we we were just some of us were just talking about that today. Um, you know, you're pretty hard pressed, um, JT, to find anybody. I mean, aside from uh, Mac Jones, uh, you know, Damian Harris is a talented running back, but he's in the final year of his contract. I doubt that. You know, he's a Patriot for very long. I think I think Ramondre Stevenson, the running back who came on towards the end of last year as a rookie. Uh, I think he's really talented, and I think he has a chance to pop. He's he's become more of a three down factor for the team this training camp so that can only enhance his value but you know on the outside uh, you know Devontae Parker is a good player but I wouldn't call him a a burgeoning star he kind of is who he is if he can stay on the field Um, you know the Patriots really lost out with Tyquan Thornton uh, the rookie out of Baylor who had been coming on during camp and and was going to earn some sort of role now he's going to be out at least basically half the season with a shoulder injury uh, I would say, you know, Christian Barmore on the defensive line, uh, great young pass rusher who is evolving his all-around game a little bit more. And, um, you know, I think, you know, Judon is still pretty good. He needs to finish a whole season. But outside of that, you know, the Patriots are looking. They're trying to d- discover those guys in there. You know, it's no secret. They have not drafted well in recent years. And and uh, that's why you, you compare them to some of their their competition in the AFC East and you wonder, you know, all right, the Dolphins are talented. The Bills are obviously talented. You know, where are the Patriots people? It's because those other teams drafted better. Yeah, Craig, last one. Bill Belichick praised the Raider facility as the Taj Mahal. As you're driving around Henderson, you know Vegas, but now you're going to see it. You're going to be inside the building and the Raiders go a balls out as a football term for these games, even in the preseason. What has impressed you on your trip to Vegas? 
Well, I mean, I think just, uh, you know, like Bill said, I mean, you know, the building itself, I remember I remember when it was being built and taking a look at it, and I was like, you know, this looks like it's going to be something else. And, and now to see it come to fruition, I mean, it's just, it's just an outstanding facility. I mean, if you're a football coach, you know, there's nothing else that you want. And you can see why Josh McDaniels and, and Dave Ziegler were drawn out here to this. And, and uh, you know, and I'm impressed with how much Henderson's been built up since the last time I was here. Um, you know, I think, there, you know, there's no question Las Vegas has a lot of positive things going for it in terms of professional sports, and it's only going to get bigger. Thanks, Greg. I'll see you in the building. I'll see you in the press box. Thanks so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Sounds good. Anytime. You got it. Greg Bedard, one of the premier insiders in the NFL. Good to get him. We are rolling today. I got insiders coming up. I have Phil Perry from the Patriots. He's big time. I got Bill Williamson next. We try to put the best insiders on for you to give you the advantage you should get from an NFL flagship station. And we're brought to you by Remy Martin. I got a lot to say about Remy Martin, the botanist gin, the 1738, the Tercet. My wife loves the sidecar. And over Alumni Weekend, she's going to have a few sidecars from Remy Martin. It is exciting, you know, to get, you know, it's coming, like you said. So, um, you know, we're all excited to, to go out there and play, uh, play fast. But um, I think, you know, over the past couple of weeks, we have done a good job of just improving. You know, we still got stuff to improve on. But, you know, we're trying to make the details matter, all the little things matter. I think we're, we're heading in the right direction. That's Chandler Jones, who's ready to explode onto the scene this year. JT, back with you, brought to you by Resorts World. As Step McKenzie said, the newest luxury property on the Strip, and they're welcoming Raider fans every single day. Bill Williamson joins us, been covering the Las Vegas Raiders for SB Nation, covering the NFL for 26 straight seasons. So, Bill, I'll jump right in. It seems like the Raiders have passed all their tests so far in the preseason, 3-0 and in the games, and it looks like they've either dominated or outperformed the Patriots in these joint practices. Yeah, so far so good, and that's all you can ask for, right? I mean, all we know is what we know, and it's August 24th. And, I mean, you know, on September 24th, we won't be thinking about what's happened, you know, this month. But, again, you're right. Every every test they've had, they've passed. We'll see if it means anything on uh, September 11th at the Chargers. But, you know, the work they've done has been productive. Bill, what do you think about Kenyon Drake not here, Nick Mullins in the trade, uh, some of the players, even going back to Josh Jacobs not getting that fifth-year option, how Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels are taking their new players and their former players from New England and mixing them in with the Raider rosters of stars that have already been here? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if it's a, a stunner um, overall, really. Um, I don't think there's been a lot of uh, dropping changes, um, but you know every team that's made changes this year. That, that's you know I'm talking with new new regime. That's what happens. They bring in their people they're familiar with. They get rid of some people. So I don't think there's anything shocking going on here. I just think it's it's usual. And for a franchise that we've seen a lot of coaching changes, you know, in the last twenty years, this is nothing new. 
Bill Williamson is our guest. So, Bill, where do you stand on the right tackle? I've been saying all pre- preseason and all during camp that they're going to get one from another roster on cutdowns. I don't think they like the free agents available, and I still think they have a need at right tackle. Are you with Leatherwood? Do you want to see a Luminor out there? What do you think happens? Yeah, Luminor, I think, is the guy right now that, that you kind of think about. It's too bad that Mumford got hurt, that McDaniels, who doesn't give a lot of injury information, made it sound like it's not too serious. But, you know, he's missed about a week, and that's and that's a lot for a rookie. So that may have pushed him back a little bit. So I think this, you know, right tackle may be a, a work in progress, you know, a couple weeks into the season, and that's not ideal. But if, if you know, you figure it out and you feel comfortable by week three, I mean, it's – at least it's, you know, better than nothing. So I, I, I think it's a work in progress. Um, yeah, I, if they don't like the available free agents, that that's, that's fine. Um, there's no guarantee somebody's going to pop loose that's better than what they have, though. Mm. So, you know, that's that's a little bit of a risk. But, yeah, I, I, I certainly think that we'll see at least one new offensive lineman. I don't know if it's a starting quality one, come in next week you know starting next wednesday when when guys are starting to be claimed and, and released um so yeah it's 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 still uh it's a concern certainly I, I think the guards are concerned too because you know don't know if these guys are going to be ready there's going to be a lot of inexperience other than um you know the left tackle so it, it's going to be a work in progress but uh, you know i will say that the reports out of practice today were, were solid, and they think they held their own against New England. And, you know, all, all anybody's talking about is the Derek Carr, Devontae Adams show. And so he's had, Carr's had enough time to find his prize weapon. So that, um, that bodes well, right? So, I mean, it's not like it's going to be, they're not going to be able to operate their offense if, uh, if they don't get better. Hey, Bill, finally, what do you think about Darren Waller? What do you think is going on here? Another absence. There's been several here as he works through a hammy or light injury. Clearly, everybody's talking about a contract pending. Uh, What do you think is happening here? Because the Raiders with him and Devontae and Renthrow are a completely different team. What are you hearing? What are your expectations? Well, I I think you're just going to have to wait and see. And take the word of the head coach right now. He said, today that he's not concerned about it and then he was pressed and asked about week one and he wouldn't answer that you know uh, McDaniels is very he's like most coaches he's, mm-hmm. he's, he doesn't he doesn't show his cards at all so i wouldn't be too worried about him not committing to week one um i just think he, it's kind of a none of your business situation mm-hmm. right now and i think the best we can do is wait to, to that wednesday before the um the first game two weeks from the day and see what that injury report looks like if he's not practicing. I, you know, I, it's concerning the fact that he missed a bunch of, you know, what, two weeks and then he came back and then he mm. came back for one day and left again and now he's been out for almost a week. That's a little concerning, but the head coach is saying, hey, you know, I feel fine about it. You got to take his word for it and just see what happens. Take care, Bill. See you in a couple of weeks. Thank you so much. All right. See ya. Bill Williamson from SB Nation. Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio's site, uh, reporting today, Josh McDaniels doesn't want to make a prediction about Darren Waller playing in week one. Uh, Waller injured his hamstring, has him out of practice again this week, and his continued absence from the field led to a question about his availability. Josh McDaniels was the target of those questions and told reporters 
He wasn't concerned about Waller missing more time because of the hamstring. He also said he wasn't willing to make any predictions about whether Waller will be ready to play against the Chargers on September 11th. Uh, Coming up next, another Patriot insider, a big one. Phil Perry joins us and Chris Myers from the NFL on Fox. 